welcome to Surviving the Ground. I mean, we are off location today. We are no longer in Bolingbrook. We are in a basement in Addison at my <laughs> grandfather's. Um, I'm joined here, of course, by my grandfather since we're in his basement. Uh, I'm joined by Joe and Joe Adante, my father. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Oh, doing just fine. Thank and, you. Nice. And everybody's ready to talk football and everything, I assume. But I have a little surprise. Uh, thanks to my friend Derek, a.k.a. Um, yeah, I just place this one together because I don't remember what he goes by. There you go. Gemini Savant. Um, wanted to give this to my father. Got a little surprise set up for this week's podcast to make you feel a little more uh yeah, cover says oh hi permanent well did you want to we're not on tape right now did you want to did you want to tell anyone what's what's going on right now <laughs> I, don't know, I pulled out a picture it looks like a Cardboard cutout of somebody, presumably me, I guess. <laughs> Did you show? Did he see it? Yeah. Can I say something about the Super Bowl? Yeah, so we have to wait for a minute. We're uh, we're trying to clear out the beginnings oh, here. Oh, what a nice picture! Good-looking kid. He <laughs> so looks, he looks familiar. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much um, you've been filled in on the podcast, uh, Grandpa. But the that art style is done by my friend Derek and he drew me and Bart the co-host on the show. That's funny. So, I asked him to I asked him if he'd draw a picture of my dad and I actually made a cover with the three of us oh, to put on this week's podcast. Excellent. I didn't realize he had done this before. Yep. Boy, yeah, he, what a beautiful, he did me pic- and, beautiful he, picture. Yeah, he did me and yeah, really, me and Bart. So. That is really neat. No, I, that's the only reason I was confused because I didn't know, you know, what the history was, you know, yeah. what the with the impact that he had done this before. But that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so I figured that you know, that would make you put you in a little more of a permanent standing. The best thing is it makes me look about twenty years younger. <laughs> Can I say something now about the Super Bowl? <laughs> you have to wait. I have a feeling you I have a feeling that you're starting you're trying to make a character now. <laughs> I have um, to wait. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of the Super Bowl, of course. I know uh, a lot of things are on everybody's mind uh, this week. We've got the Super Bowl. We've got Kobe Bryant's uh, tragic passing this week. Um, I know everybody's talked it to death and everything. uh, But, um, you know, so maybe we should just change the pace and talk about Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about something exciting. Hey, well, I want to just talk about it. I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> they got a great quarterback, and they got a really good defense. I think there's a bias coming in so there. They, maybe. Can't, they can't miss. They They're going to win the Super Bowl. All right, well, we're, we're going to come back to the Super Bowl, all right? And <laughs> then you can tell us again. I already told you before. <laughs> I, guess I guess there's going to be a lot of editing on this one. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> I think we've created a monster. <laughs> Little did I know what I was going to be doing by putting a mic in front of him. I really would like to talk about the Cubs. Well, we'll get to that one too, probably. Much to many people's chagrin in the Chicago area. Well, let's talk let's, about let's, let's talk about Liverpool. Show, let's let, go through these subjects, and we'll come back to those. 
We'll get to you. So Liverpool Football Club is an English soccer team. Oh, okay. Just so you just so you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yesterday, of course, Liverpool won again. Yeah, two nothing over West Ham. Uh, and uh, a couple quick things when I'm talking about Liverpool is obviously it's incredible what they're doing. It, through 24 games, they have 23 wins and a draw and no losses. And seems 19 Liverpool, points. Is that an English team? Yes. They're in the English Premier League. Oh, okay. So they're sitting there the 19 they're 19 points ahead of the second place Manchester City. So that's great. But but it got me to thinking real quick that with only 14 games left in the season and uh with the records the way they are. I mean at this point in time Liverpool in order to tie Manchester City. Manchester City would have to win all 14 of their games without a draw. And Liverpool in their 14 games could only win seven with five losses and two draws. Well, <laughs> it's, I'd have to say that I don't think even Liverpool can blow that lead. Yeah, you would, you wouldn't think so at this point. I think I'm, I'm hoping that they just they focus on running the table. Um, I know the international competition is big for them, but I'm really hoping they focus on at least trying to get this finally getting a Premier League. I mean, I know it's only been since the 90s, but it's really it's one of those things that's years. kind of a sting on you where it'd be nice to get one yeah. out of it. Been, it's been exactly 30 years. Yeah. Well, of course, last time they won the top flight league, it wasn't really called the Premier League, but it's what we have today. Uh, but so that was kind of one is that is that this lead is, is really humongous. And uh, of course, theoretically, they could blow it, but it would really take an unbelievable uh, crumble at this point in time. But, you know, the big thing that's come up now within the last couple of days is that um, a few days back, they had a draw against Shrewsbury, who's a couple of leagues down. <laughs> In the FA Cup, and that means they have to replay the game over again. And the big news now is, you know, Jurgen Klopp, the manager, said that he's not going to play the starters. He's going to have the under-23 team play the re- the rematch. So effectively, you know, kind of uh, blowing Liverpool's chance of winning the FA Cup and winning the so-called treble, you know, which is winning yeah. the FA Cup, the Premier League, and then the Champions League. So he's kind of blowing that. So now he's got people on both sides you know, some agreeing with them and some disagreeing with them. And it kind of gets to this point we were talking about a while back where they just there's so many tournaments and just so many games going on. You know, you kind of really, it's going to be tough to pick and choose what you want to do, including, to your point, do you want to try to not lose any games this year in the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, they. I think the, the problem at this point is the, the question I would constantly ask people is that if you were in any of these tournament games and you lost a bunch of key people, and you ended up losing the Premier League over it, would it be worth it to take the chance? And I think with the chance to have a Premier League title in your hands, I feel like you can't you can't give up on that. For this year anyway. I mean, they just won a Champions League and went to one went to a final the year before. So I mean at this point in time it's kinda like they they kind of have they've gotten there and they'll get there again, but it just seems like stuff like the FA Cup you should probably kinda of skip out of that. Well, that's why we were talking last time that because they have such a humongous league in the pre, uh, league in the Premier League, it actually makes it difficult for the manager Klopp because he has to really decide. You know, do do I really need to rest some of these players because uh, I can still win the Premier League? I got this huge lead, or or do I try to win everything? You know, whereas if it was a real close race, it's a no-brainer. You know, you're gonna just save your starters like you say for the Premier League. So, but in this case too, he was just saying that. 
you know, they designated a two-week break for the players in February, and that was his main influence was he wanted he promised his players the two-week break and that's what he wanted to give them so that that's i think he's trying to make a statement yeah i mean he's trying to make a statement to the league hey don't schedule all these games you got too darn many games uh yeah. all these tournaments some maybe some of them should be peeled back or even eliminated the league cup i don't know why the heck they play that anymore yeah. that's a big waste of time uh they've already blown that one the same way they played an under 23 team and lost, what, 5-1, to one, I think, against somebody to get eliminated there. So I think he's trying to make a statement. So that's why a lot of people are actually backing his decision, even though it means, you know, we're gonna, Liverpool's going to be out of the cup, most likely. Well, speaking of too many games, we'll finally bring my grandpa in here. Um, the Cubs. I haven't been following them as closely. I know we went to the Cub convention the other week. Um the segue of them playing too many games in a season is probably true, but... I would like to talk about the Cubs. I no. think they got a great team, great bunch of players, and I predict they'll be in the playoffs. That's what you're thinking for this year? And I like the old man they got for a manager. <laughs> is that a bias, too? <laughs> he's, he's younger than the prior manager they had. Oh, yeah. I think if Brian Bryant's going to stay with the Cubs, and um, I think we need one more pitcher and we'd be set—a starting pitcher. Well, speaking of, that's uh, where I think we're hurting. I know you're talking about Bryant, and I know we were going to—we were talking about like uh, him as of many different ones. I know Casta Castellanos is—he's uh, gone. He, he's gone. And um, I think uh, Rizzo and Baez, if they play to their potential, will have a great team. Yeah. Really, no, I mean, they, really uh, on paper, I, I think, you know, skill-wise, that they've got quite a group of names. It's just y you always wonder which ones of them are going to actually be able to hold on and stay there long enough within the window and play actually play to their potential right. while in the stripes. I mean, I'm, I'm no I'm no stranger to watching uh, people who, people would, who are superhuman would, put on like Chicago uniforms. I'd like to see Lester come back. And Baez, he's a good player. I don't know how I feel about Lester. I'm kind of his, his game. So his his game of, seven in the World Series performance still kind of yeah, haunts kinda me a little bit. a bad year, but he may come back. Um, and you got Contreras and Baez. These are all great players. They are. It's just I'm no stranger to the to any to superhumans putting on Chicago uniforms and. Having it suck their souls and power, like it's like Chicago is just a giant Space Jam factory that just takes everyone's talent. Well, away. let me let me ask you this question, Dad. Now, obviously, we got Bryant's situation has been sorted out now in terms of he lost his grievance against the Cubs, so they're going to control him for this year and the next before he becomes a free agent. Obviously, they're thinking about trading him because they don't seem to be able to sign him to a long-term deal. You know, do. You, do you think he should be traded maybe for prospects or maybe for another third baseman that maybe we can sign for long term? No, I would keep I would keep Brian. I think Brian's a great player. You aren't gonna get anything for him. Any if we need anything, it's a good starting pitcher and no one's gonna give up a start, good starting picture. I think we should keep Brian. He's a great player. Well, I know there's no way they would do this, but it would be nice. I think Nolan Arenado is still out there, who's, in my mind, is way beyond Chris Bryant, both hitting and probably fielding. 
Uh, of course, he'd want gigantic really? dollars. Ariano, what's his name? Ariano, yeah. He oh, was, Ariano. He is way better than Brian, I think, on both ends, but he'd want gigantic money, you know, way more than Brian. So, you know, the Cubs just seem to be petrified. They don't want to pay a luxury tax, come heck or high water. Uh, so I don't <laughs> think you're going to see Nolan Arenado here anytime soon. We couldn't even get Castellanos here, as Jay pointed out. But... Uh, that's the yes, issue. You mentioned Castellano. I really liked him. I thought he was a great player. It's a shame that he got rid of him. Yeah, well, that's that. That seems to be. <laughs> it's it's a shame. Seems they should have that painted on Wrigley Field somewhere. What happens every single time someone gets good here? You know, that's a real shame that they had to get rid of him. Basically, when we were at the Cubs con, Every single older player that we ran into, basically, the, it ended with my dad shaking their hand and going, it was a real shame when they got rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after their, like, two year that they spent, you know, in a, in a oh, Cubs uniform. <laughs> um, well, you could really create an unbelievable all-star team with all the players they let go, uh, basically <laughs> for nothing, or they walked out on free agency and... Well, you know, they took a, they got they 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 left the Space Jam vortex, and they all got their powers back when they went somewhere else. You know, they <laughs> I stripped think those the players. I out. think the players like Grandpa Ross. I think they're going to really play good for him. Well, uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Now let me let me th- ask you this, Dad. Now, obviously, you got a guy coming in in Ross that played with a lot of these guys, and now he's coming in as their boss. Right. You know, do you think that's going to be awkward? I mean, don't you think it's they're going to want to pal around with him? He's going to have a hard time establishing order? No, I think they're going to they're gonna like him. I think they're going to be more relaxed with him because they know him so well. No, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I actually don't have a problem with Ross, but that that's kind of the challenge. We'll have to see how that works out. Uh I think it's tough. I think he can do it, but I think it's tough to come back with players that you used to play with. I think and be the their Cubs boss. will make the playoffs. I'm not sure about World Series, but I, I, I'm pretty sure they'll make the playoffs. Well, there's the uh, there's the. They got too too good of a team not to make the playoffs anyway. <clears throat> well, there's the uh, there's always next year mentality. <laughs> always next year. <laughs> there's always next year, and then my mom telling him not to jinx it. I'm tired of hearing about this always next year. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of speaking of this always next year, um, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Just kidding. We're going to talk about Bears quarterbacks, the Bears quarterback <laughs> rotation. Uh, so they claimed they claimed Trubisky to be their starter, which sounds eerily f- familiar as someone who lived through the the two um, thousands and dealt with the Rex Grossman situation. The he's our quarterback. This sounds eerily familiar. Um, they don't have a first round. They have a couple second round picks, and now you're kind of wondering realistically, are they going to try and spend any time on talent on QBs in the draft? In theory, by that point in the second round, they're supposed to have some talent left over. Um, I don't know, but I also I keep I keep that there's that urging feeling in my in my body Can that I tells me that. Interrupt you for a minute. I think yeah. they should give him another chance, at least one more year, to prove himself. Well, I figure, I figure the worst case is they'll give him another chance. I just was hoping if they draft somebody, maybe they could light a fire under under him a little bit to kind of... Oh, you could be right. Put yeah. the edge on. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, but I know they also, they're talking a lot about um, issues um, with some of their rushing talent they have right now on defense. So now they're talking about possible high picks for 
uh, rushers or, uh, or, or, you know, digging into the tight end pool again. Oh, okay. Um, so I know that's part of their regiment. I'm sure it's somewhere in there it'll include a quarterback. It's just, is it going to be an early round quarterback or is it going to be a guy you see in training camp for two weeks and then he gets cut, you know, or yeah. moves down to the practice squad or becomes a David Fails kind of situation? Well, um, people think that just the quarterback didn't have a good year. I think most of the team didn't have a good year, really. It's yeah, it not like, only it's, him. I was going to say, it seemed like Robinson was about the only line. person. You think they played their, up to their potential? No, that's certainly I not potential. Because so. you can't, uh, when you have a year like that the year before, you can't. No. You can't call you know last year a potential year, but but they had a lot of there was a lot of buzz going into that year because of oh I think it's the whole know. team not just the quarterback oh yeah no but there just there there was definitely there was some edge he he's been playing it feels at times like their their offense has felt kind of constipated by their play calling a lot so right yeah the problem being is are you willing to are you willing to say no Trubisky is so good that I'd be willing to put the put the squeeze on Nagy or are you going to take Trubisky down and assume that he's not living up to Nagy's role well I, I think you made a good point is that I do agree that it's, it was most of the team had kind of a down year and I think you need no no further proof that you, know, you mentioned the offensive line I mean look at the look at the rushing even forget about the passing but look at the rushing you know the yards per carry way way down right. and, and you've yeah. got you got a couple of good rushers there in Montgomery uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, there's no reason why those guys can't get some big yardage, but there was no run blocking. You know, it was terrible. And uh, the, obviously the defense, well, the defense was okay, but it wasn't like superlative like it was the year before. Well, I, I agree with you. They had no running game at all. And that kills you. If you can't respect, if uh, if they're not going to respect the run, then, then the Bears are not going to be able to get their passing game off the ground. Exactly, right. <clears throat> And that's really something that kind of worked out for them as they, over the years, I really, I've never really had a ton of confidence in their passing game and when the running game doesn't work and the defense doesn't give you everything you need, the Bears have tended to falter under that. And the one thing that killed you to start off is just, you know, you play the Packers and you hold them to 10 points and you lose. It doesn't make any sense in any way, shape, or form. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. That, you know, just because the the whole team had a little bit of a letdown, the offensive line when they could, that doesn't let Trubisky off the hook. I mean, he was a big part of it. I, I think what's scary about the situation is, you know, the year before last, they were 12 and four. Everything seemed to go right. The defense was dominant. You know, Trubisky was okay. You know, he was decent. And they're twelve and four, great. And then last year, all of a sudden, boom! They had to really win. They had to struggle just to make it to eight and eight. Uh, they had to win their last few games, and so that that's a big drop off, you know. So what what's going to happen now in the future? I, if anything, it points to what you guys are saying: is it's yeah, we need to worry about the quarterback. But there's a lot of other positions you got to worry about. And you mentioned tight end as well. That's a big one. I agree. Well, I agree. What you're saying, it's a lot more, a lot more than a quarterback. I'm telling you. But I think every once in a while, I think people want to see it start there because, well, within your own division, you suddenly see, you know, we we constantly see three quarterbacks week in, week out, who, you know, despite whatever Detroit has wrong with it, I mean, I don't think you could blame it on Stafford, at least for all these no. years. He's had several good years that have put them in a position to do well. Absolutely. But uh, with between him and Cousins and, and Rodgers, and especially Green Bay, where you've had... 
you know, two quarterbacks in a row covering a span of well over yeah. 20 years, you kind of wonder, you know, why are the Bears can't find anything you well, know, when all these teams out. are emerging? Or if they had a few uh, injuries, too. But all teams have injuries. Well, it's injuries, but you, you never... Play, play, play through them. But you never have that quarterback that kind of transcends... Right. There, there's been a lot of times where Rodgers has had god-awful offensive line. Maybe one or two guys who's good, but no real running game at times. And he still makes a whole bunch of people look like all-stars. And I'm not saying that you necessarily, it's Rodgers or it's nobody, but uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, they can get back there. And I think the the thing that makes you the, ang- the, the angriest about it is that in his own draft class, you had uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in his draft class that were made avail- available for you. Yeah. And both of them are now in the playoffs and looking to consistently get there from here on out. Now, granted, the Bears are not the Chiefs, but it would have been nice to have the slinging talent that Patrick Mahomes had. But somebody, when you when you hear all of the facts of them making the decision to bring Trubisky in in the first place, none of it makes any sense. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't have a per- prolific college career. He only started like one year at NC. And like... um I don't know. I, I remember. I remember. My dad said this at one point in time. He said it just. They said they wanted to have him. That we have to have him. And then they just decided I'm going to get him, no matter yeah. what anyone says. And uh, like most things in the world, that's not a. It's not a good uh, concept to go with to choose your future. Yeah, I, on. you're exactly right. I agree with you. I, I have to say though, I appreciate the, 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 the bottom line. I think of all this discussion, regardless of what all is wrong with the Bears, this goes back to your point, Jay. Is that they really need to take seriously drafting a quarterback. I mean, hopefully there'll be some talent in the second round. And the reason I say this is Trubisky is going into the last year of his contract. And after this year, you're going to have to make a decision. The Bears, the Bears manager, they have to decide, is, is this our guy for the future or is he not? Because big money's involved here. If they decide he's their guy, he's going to want, the starting quarterback is going to want over $20 million a year. Uh, probably twenty five million more a year, and I'm yeah, and I'm and, I'm, I, <laughs> and you could be stuck. You know, obviously he's going to get a four or five year deal or whatever, and you're going to get stuck with this guy. And if he's no good, I don't know, think he's, he's a twenty million dollar quarterback every year. But see, that's what's scary is that you you, you say that, and if he has what, if if he has a, if he has a decent twenty million dollars, if he has a decent year this year, and they don't have anyone to back him up, and they have no other options, and they have to pay him, hmm. if he has another eight and eight or a nine and seven year. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> he's going to go in there, and they're not going to give him like thirty or something, but they will pay him over oh, twenty yeah. million dollars for like four years. Keep keep in mind now. Yeah. I think it was uh, four years ago they brought Mike Glennon in here, who was nothing, and they gave him a sixteen million dollar deal yeah. for for one year, and he was run out of town after a few games. But so this is why bottom line I think is that the Bears have got to get serious about drafting a good quarterback of the future. Because if if they do decide, if he has a great year, Trubisky, fine, you can sign him. I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Let me be clear. But let's say I, I'm guessing they'll probably be under 500 this year. Would be my guess if they don't make the right moves in the offseason. Exactly. But they the bottom line is they've got to sign a quarterback though because they got to make a decision on Trubisky, yay or nay. And I think good chance the decision is going to be no, he's not our quarterback of the future. We don't want to pay out $100 million over the next four or five years. Then they're going to have to need somebody else. Well, now they have a lot of money tied up. Well, they've had money tied up in Mac, and now they have money tied up in uh, in Jackson as well. 
and now you're wondering and now you're wondering how long can you hold the defensive unit together yeah um good point it certainly seems like a window that's kind of shrinking on you um is that does it do we have any more any more bears points here I, i think they need a couple more good linemen offensive linemen especially uh not a Kyle's ever. What's Kyle's? Kyle, Kyle Long. Long. Kyle Long has retired now because he was injured so much. He retired. And yeah. I and oh. I think they need a good two more linemen. Sorry, offensive Art. linemen. Sorry, audience. I'm finding that out for the first time. <laughs> well, it just. I think it just happened. If I recall, it just happened within uh, the last 24 hours. That's but, great. Well, well don't worry. The they will. They will draft yeah, linemen. The they have a history. I read in the paper this morning. I did not. But, you and, know, he, uh, losing him, he was really a good, a good yeah. player. Yeah, you make a good point there because it's you can never have enough good linemen. Then they do get injured frequently, no matter who it is. And that's really, I mean, most football games they always say they're one in the trenches, and there's that's certainly true of of the Bears if they want, to, especially if they want to have any kind of run game at all. That's true. That would help the running game. It would help the, even a quarterback. He had more time to throw the ball. Well, for your well, for your sake of analysis, I'm hoping that they draft good linemen because it'll expose Trubisky for what he is right. if he's got the time to sit back there. But there were a <laughs> lot of times, there were a lot of times this year where he, I mean, he he looked like Tom Brady in the backfield because he was just <laughs> sitting back there for about you know eight or eight or nine seconds, just chilling and looking around, and you still overthrow someone or you get caught having to run away at the end of those eight seconds or that's why um, I, I think you're right Tom Brady that's why he's so good he's got good linemen he has, oh yeah. more, he has time helps. to throw the ball it also helps that he he knows he's got 10 seconds that, that and he throws the, the ball game. he throws the ball in three you know and if he doesn't throw it in three he knows that he's going to get rid of it the problem is Trubisky often gets to the end of that yeah, 10 second clock all, and still has the ball <laughs> Yeah. And someone finally chases him out of bounds, and he throws it away. Um, well, the, I tell you, well, yeah. the other important point I want to make before we move on from the Bears is that I think they're making the same mistake, and you brought this up, actually, or implied it earlier, Jay, is uh, they're making the same mistake as far as they're so locked in, even today, to Trubisky being the starting quarterback, that there's really no chance of bringing in any free agents. As, as I you mentioned Tom Brady. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt he'll re-sign with the Patriots, but he's a free agent. And there's a whole bunch of other quarterbacks. They're probably better than Trubisky. And there is zero chance that they're going to be here because same thing as you did years ago. Rex is our starting quarterback. And so they won't get a chance to compete for the starting job, and they'll move elsewhere. They won't even, you know, we lost we lost Kurt Warner potentially years ago who wanted to sign with the Bears, but they said, oh, Rex is our quarterback. And so, you know, former Super Bowl winning quarterback moved on and went to another, <laughs> went to another Super Bowl with the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, whereas the Bears, uh, they, did, they did actually get to the Super Bowl and lost, but, uh, the, but ex- the exact. But Rex, Rex was bad, though. I saw there was. A, I've been watching um, Peyton's places. Uh, apparently, I have ESPN Plus because I accidentally resubscribed to the magazine, so I get ESPN Plus. So I've been watching Peyton's places, and he actually did something on the Bears, and he. Um, so he had the super fans with him. And they were oh, eating outside yeah. of they're eating outside of Soldier Field, and he was like, you know, it's kind of bitter, you know, uh, you know, playing you guys in the Super Bowl and everything. This is it's kind of hard, you know. And the one guy goes, "Let me ask you a question, Mister Manning. If if um, 
if Lovey Smith had given Rex Grossman the day off and Mike Ditka had been playing quarterback, <laughs> how many points would you have lost by? You know, and he's like, well, I, I wasn't, he was like in his 60s by then. And he goes, take into account he was in his 60s. And the guy goes, okay, well, that that makes it kind of close. I say Bears 97, the My Little Ponies 10. <laughs> yeah, the super fans are that. That was really classic uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Uh, that'll that'll never be duplicated. I don't think it was a very unique set of circumstances. But well, well, that's definitely it's a it's a show I definitely recommend. I think I'm about seventeen or eighteen episodes, and I think there's a, I think he's in the thirties at this point. But uh, this Peyton's places is actually really good. I want to um, ask you guys a question. Who yeah. do you think is going to win a Super Bowl? Fine. I guess we'll talk about the Super Bowl now. Um, <laughs> do you, do you guys, why don't, how about before we how about before we discuss winners, how about I give you some statistics real quick? Okay. I'm listening. A little by the numbers, 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 numbers. <laughs> we don't have any any imaging here. All right, uh Super Bowl analysis here. So San Francisco trying to join the Six Rings Club. Uh it's a pretty prestigious club there. Uh, for the Chiefs, Andy has Andy Reid actually won a Super Bowl yet? Hmm. No. no, I don't believe Chiefs, he has. Chiefs, the Chiefs trying, won trying to win his first. The Chiefs did. The Chiefs did win a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the Chiefs uh, have an interesting history, real quick, because they oh, were maybe the second. Yeah, the Chiefs. The you know Chiefs, what? I'll let, I'll let him go first. You do yours, and then we'll come oh, back. Yeah, ahead. the Chiefs yeah. were in the very first Super Bowl. We recall they played the Packers, and of course that was a big game because the honor of the NFL was on the line. You know, the Packers were representing the whole NFL. It was NFL versus AFL. And they want to prove they were the superior league. And, of course, the Packers went out and beat them, I think, uh, was it 35 to 10? Yeah, so it was, it was a pretty it pretty dominating close. game. Yeah, you're right. That, but, that, but, I remember now. But now, now, to your point, now, four years later in Super Bowl four, or three years later, I should say, Super Bowl four, uh, Chiefs came back and beat the Vikings. And that was the second time that the AFL had defeated the NFL. And then, of course, the, they had the merger, so it was AFC and NFC after that. But, um, of course, previous year the Jets had beaten the Colts for the first AF, AFL win. So, but Chiefs now yeah, haven't been back to the Super Bowl since then. Since then. So you're talking about 50 years. And the 49ers, the 49ers would be, would feel <clears throat> like the 90s if they hadn't gone there with Kaepernick uh, several years ago. That's true. Do you have anything true. else in your history before we... We go, or was that the main Green history Bay bits? Packers were they were the first ones to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they won. They yeah. won the first two Super Bowls. In fact, oh, the first two. Yeah, oh. the second Super Bowl they beat the that's Oakland a, Raiders. That's one and two. Oh, then the Chiefs won the third. Uh, fourth one. Fourth one. Oh, fourth the one. Jets won the third. Jets one. won the third. That's and then uh, Kansas Joan, City won the fourth. The third one was Joe Namath's uh, guarantee that the Jets would win the the game against the Colts. I don't. I'm not predicting it. I guarantee it. <laughs> you guarantee it huh? that's that's what he said so joe namath said yeah i just have one quick comment as a bear fan on the i'll let you go on then on the 49ers uh this true story back <laughs> in the draft uh i think it was this i may have my years off by one i, this, I think it was the 79 draft uh in april and I was I sitting there as a young kid. Now, you talk about history repeats itself over and over and over again to the Bears. And I kept saying, Joe Montana, draft him. <laughs> draft him. Come on. 
And the Bears said, "What a great player he was!" And you know, because this is a guy where you know, I give you a pass. I say this: I give you a pass if you're a scout or whatever. If you don't know somebody's good, but this is a guy who the two years ago he won the national championship with the biggest (laughs) football program Notre Dame there is, and then the previous year he had won a, a miraculous Cotton Bowl by throwing for three touchdowns in the last quarter. And you know, here's a guy who could you know, handle pressure, and he could he saw everything. He was just a miracle man. And of course, first round went by, nobody drafted him. Second round went by, nobody drafted him. Finally, in the third round, 49ers get him, and the rest is history. They win four Super Bowls shortly after that. And the Bears are like, well, we've got Bob Avellini. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, it was a Bob's our quarterback. But he he stunk even back then. Some things never change. So it's like, like I said, if they didn't know how good somebody was, and it kind of gets back to your point about Mahomes and Watson, if you didn't know how good they were, you can kind of give them a pass. But these are proven entities. Even I didn't, uh, I'll admit I did not know. Neither one of you give me an answer. I still want to know who you picked the one. Well, I'm going to give you the numbers, and then we can make a decision, okay? I want, I want the right Hold name. your horses. <laughs> okay, Hold go your ahead. horses. The numbers. Numbers, numbers. <laughs> um, all right, so the Chiefs, Andy Reid trying to get his first. Uh, the running game is where the 49ers shine. They've had back-to-back 180-yard-plus rushing games with uh, Raheem Mostert getting, was it 220 yards last yeah, week or two weeks game. ago? Yeah, heck of a game. Wow. He, he reached 15 miles per hour or higher nine times wow. in that game. So uh, when they were talking about KC stopping Derrick Henry as opposed to stopping Mostert, I mean, Derrick Henry is not as known for the speed element. So if you catch him and you can bring him down, it's good. But Mostert is more of a 4-3 guy. So uh, he can get into speed. Um, let's see. So Kansas City on yards allowed to running backs... Where do you think they're ranked during the season? As far as what, yards? Yep, giving up yards to yards allowed to running backs in a game. I think they were like the second worst, weren't they, in the league? Dead last. Oh, dead last? Yes. 30 seconds. I, I knew last. they were bad. What about average yards after the catch allowed? Probably worst. 29. Yeah, close. Uh, yards to tight ends? This is for George Kittle here. Well, I'm, I'm sure they were probably close to last there. It's 20, 28th. Yeah. However, how many yards do you think they give up to wide receivers, though? This I, I is Kansas City's defense. No, they were first in the league, I think, against yes, that. Yes, they have the fewest yards oh. allowed to wide receivers. Oh. Tied for the fifth most interceptions. Um, one, of the, one of the big keys, I guess, obviously, if they can get ahead on offense— one of the big keys is that one of their linemen, Frank Clark, has had six sacks in his last four games. <laughs> so if they can pressure to Garoppolo, if he has to pass, then they're going to be in trouble. So let's look over at uh, the defensive side for the 49ers. We're basically focusing on defenses. I know everybody knows everything about the offenses. Um, where do you think they, the 49ers D ranks on yards per game? First. First. Oh yeah, they got a great defense. So they're yeah. first in first in yards allowed, so fewest yards allowed. Uh 20 plus yard plays allowed. I think they're still first there. Yes. They are first. <laughs> Funny enough known for their offensive prowess, where do you think the Chiefs rank in terms of red zone offense once they get into the 20? 
I have no idea. They got to be high, wouldn't aren't they? First or second? They're twentieth in really? red zone offense. 20th? Once they get to the red zone, they're oh. they're twentieth. Well, I think it's just that they get to the red zone a lot, so they they overcome with volume. You know their their issues in the red zone. So so what I think was funny was the analysis I had I had seen about it was that they are the Chiefs are twentieth in red zone offense, but the Forty ers are terrible at red zone defense. So they kind of balance each other out a bit more once you get to that. Um, both kickers, obviously, as much as it pains me to see Robbie Gold in the in yeah, the Super Bowl. Robbie Gold. Oh, um, man. Him and Harrison Butker are both having very good years. I forgot the exact stat, but both of them are on particular tears of, you know, 20 out of 21 field goals yeah. in the last, you know. And Gold had missed a bunch of field goals <laughs> earlier in the year, but I think it was... Mainly because I, I think he was hobbled a bit. He was playing anyway, but Cause didn't they bring in another kicker injury. at some point? To... Yeah, eventually he had to go and miss a few games. But I, he, I don't think he'll admit it. But I, I think he was hobbled by a quad injury for quite some time. All right, so but at, he's good now. Well, in their reviews, so the, um, based on various pickers, four out of six people who had done this review that I just shared with you and other details, four out of six of them were picking KC to win the game. By varying amounts. No way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you'd you'd say that because as good as San Francisco's defense has been, um, the real question is going to be how quickly does Casey's offense mount? Because I think the problem is when they when Casey went down twenty four to nothing against Houston, you're thinking. This doesn't look right. I mean, this is going to change. It's going to be a close game. If San Francisco does that to them, then the Chiefs are probably dead. If San Francisco gets a 24 nothing lead on them based on San Francisco's defense and their offense, then they're going to be in trouble. But if the Chiefs, uh, since 49ers running game is where they shine the most, and especially in the last several weeks where Garoppolo has been able to get by with Ryan Tannehill numbers, you know, you, you threw for 70 yards or something in a game, but they ran for 220, you know. Um, if KC gets ahead early and you're forcing Garoppolo to pass, then can't then uh, San Francisco might be in trouble if they don't have an answer. Because there are weak links in both well, secondaries. I don't, I don't know if this means much, but, you know, the 49ers, well, how they beat Green Bay, how bad they beat them. And Green Bay's got a very good team. They do, but their defense is not known for their... The beat them twice. <clears throat> yeah, but see, that's a good point you make, but think about it. What's Green Bay's weakness? It's the run defense. You know, 49ers just ran all over them. Well, you got the same thing with well, Kansas Green City. Green Bay's got a great quarterback. you got to admit that. Oh, yeah, so does Kansas City. But but but, but, I, but I, what I will say is as good as, his, as good as Green Bay's quarterback is, Kansas City's uh, wide receivers and running back tandem are probably better. Oh, really? And I definitely think Kansas City's receiving core is better. Their tight end and their wow. receiving core are way better. They're, I think the Kansas, well, the Kansas City receiving core is better because they, uh, compared to Green Bay, because they have uh, Kelsey and um, Hill. And Hill. But, and I the, think but they, there's no way that their running back is, is better than Aaron Jones. I think, I think, back, but I think, I think he's going to win, Joe. I think Damian Williams is. Especially as receiving, as a receiving running back, he 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 compares pretty he high. I would I would, I would pick in a moment if you. I wish we were picking teams right, now, like when we were kids. I I would take Aaron Jones over Damon Williams in a heartbeat. That's I wouldn't fair. even have to think about it. 
But but to your point though, <laughs> but but get back to Dad's point here. Who's who do I think see, is going to win? I, see, I see, but we don't do this. Don't let him corrupt you. We don't make our picks <laughs> right away because then the radio show is over in about ten minutes. Oh, we've man, we've spoiled funny. the predictions. We're yeah, trying I, to build up. It's called know, it's called theater. I like to tease you guys. I know it's you're, you're yeah. building a you're I building mean, quite I a character. I haven't heard an answer yet, Joel. And you're not going to hear one for a little while. That's That's not how this show works, old man. It's only only because I can't get a word in edgewise between you two. Uh, Yeah, I think that San Francisco will win. I certainly believe that either team can easily win. I think Kansas City's a one-point favorite. But uh, certainly any team can win. Wow, they're a point favorite. But I would go with San Francisco only because, and I've been saying this for several weeks on this show, is in my mind, San Francisco has in, uh, the best team in the NFL as far as the most complete team. You know, they've got the great running game. They have a pretty good passing game. They have an excellent line. They've got, uh, like you say, a, a great defense, both against the run and the oh, pass. they got really good defense, yeah. And then I look at Kansas City, and, yeah, there's no more explosive offense, no question about it. And, and I think they will be able to move the ball against the 49ers. That's why I think it'll probably be a fairly high-scoring affair. But... Uh, yeah, their their defense is is nowhere near the San Francisco defense, especially against the run. And I think it's a bad matchup. You know, they use, like it's good you brought up Green Bay, Dad, because that's why I said the Green Bay situation is, is very similar. Kansas City's offense is way better than Green Bay, as Jay said. Green but, Bay has a good defense, and they have a good offense. No, too. but they're but Green Bay is weak against the run, and Kansas City, as you point out, dead last. Against the run. So what's going to happen, I think, is Kansas City is going to find early on they're going to have to bring up an extra man. You know, they're going to have to bring an eighth man up to the line of scrimmage, maybe a ninth guy even. But I think, you're and gonna, then it's going to weaken their pass defense. Well, I think you're going to find though that they they're not going to need as strong a pass defense against the 49ers probably. No, I, I think the 49er passing game is ridiculously underrated. There's been a couple of games this year where Grappler had like four touchdown passes or more, yeah. and it was really a similar situation where teams have to come up to stop the run. And then they're weak. And they have good receivers. Uh, uh, 49er receivers are nothing to sniff at, including Kittle. Uh, yeah. It's got, it's got to be – yeah. it's ironic. You probably got the two best tight ends in the game are, gonna, are, are playing in the Super Bowl here. Well, it does Kelsey, seem to I me mean, when you talk Kittle. about – you talk about Kittle and you talk about uh, check Kendrick Bourne, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah, uh, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel uh, Dante Pettis if you need him. Those are those are good receivers. Yeah. They're, you know, they're not real big guys. You know, they're not your big, you know, Calvin uh, Johnson Johnson guys. But uh, they're they're fast and and some of them like Debar are pretty strong. Yeah, no, I mean he's uh, he's definitely shown off as a blocker as well when he's needed. Um, well, now you guys are now you guys are making me w- want to pick against the 49ers <laughs> now. I was actually okay with them winning before, but now that I've now that I've come on to this 49ers homer <laughs> show, all of a sudden no, I'm no, starting hey, to wonder. I don't know. You you predicted Kansas no, City a couple weeks ago, I think, on the last switch. show. So you know, I'm trying to figure out if I hey, want to stick with it or not. It's too late. You can't switch. All right, I won't switch. Mahomes <laughs> is going to roast them. He's going to throw. He's going to. They're going to score over 50 uh. points. He's going to put up about. He's going to put up Super Bowl records in yardage, and he might even run one in too, just to stick it to him. That should really be a good game. Yeah, I, I think it's it's gonna. I, it really has the potential to be a bit of a track meet, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, and like I said, I know that sounds like I'm hedging a bit, but I mean, 
But Kansas City has such a ridiculously explosive offense. Yeah, so I say I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, even with San Francisco's good D. So they certainly could win. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Uh, it's really a coin flip. But I'm just like worried. I, say, I'm just, I was just edging on San Francisco only because of the completeness yeah. of their team, the offense and the defense. I just thought so I would give them an edge. But I, I certainly would expect a high-scoring, close game and might get to whoever has the ball last. But. I mean, I, I guess I wonder. I don't know how many high-scoring games... I mean, high scoring like a team that can put up, you know, 50 points. If if the Chiefs do put up over 40 points in that game, how how often are how often have the 49ers had to play in a game like that? You know, the first can, game can they, they played Green Bay. How many points did they get? 35. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 35 to they, 10 they, or they, something. They've proven that they can get 30. But let's let's, let's say for a moment, even if the 49ers. Or the Chiefs' deep run defense is down. They shut Derrick Henry up last week. Well, they right. Yeah, well, right. well, I'll tell you. Get back to your point, and I, I don't have the facts in front of me. I do know that they they did drop fifty points on somebody, the Forty ers earlier in the year. So they are capable yeah. of, if they have to, they're I mean, capable actually, of putting like, up some points. Actually, scoring those points where the other team is throwing back at you, though, not just a game where you run wild, but. But I think, you know, their run defense, let's let's say they kind of prepare for that, knowing that that's a stronger suit, you know, for them. And Mostert is certainly, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer or anything. He's currently, he's on a, he's he's obviously on a team where there's four good running backs. You can't say it's the running back. He got 220 yards, didn't he, last game? He did, but I would offer that most of it was particularly untouched. So if you leave those kind of holes, I'm not saying he's not talented. He's a good, he's a really good running back. But based on how good even their no namers are in the backfield, like their their run offense, I mean their line is really pushing. And obviously you've got Kittle who can block and Uzcheck who leads good blocks, and you respect their pass game a bit. So you don't. Up until these last couple games where they've been running the ball like crazy, they've had a really balanced offense. And now all of a sudden they've been running like insane amounts of running. Um, so I think some people weren't really expecting it to be that consistent. Well, yeah, but. I, I think it's a very good point. Kansas City has had a couple of games this year where they obviously had read the press that they could say their run defense is no good. And there have been a couple of games this year where they have stopped teams cold. And that could happen again. Maybe they're ticked off. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll rise up. It's just that San Francisco has such a powerful running game. I I think they're going to need an extra man or two up at the line, and then I think it's going to weaken the pasty. Well, you may be right. Well, if uh, if Tyron Matthews out there, though, I mean, that that guy's been able to hawk a lot of good tackles lately. He's he's really shown up as quite a skill. Yeah, he's been very good. Um, Well, I think, think, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll stick with Kansas City just because I think it's going to make an exciting game. I will say it's been one of the, it's one of the weird Super Bowls not having the Patriots in it because, (laughs) because I don't have a clear enemy, you know, it's like, it's like World War One if you liked everybody, you know, you're like, I don't really know what side is really in the right (laughs) or the wrong here. Tom Tom Brady must really be sad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he'd be sad if the rest of his life wasn't so amazing. Where did Tom Brady win? Eight Super Bowls? He's got six. He's won, he's won six. Oh, I'm, six. I'm sure that I'm sure after after he was eliminated from the playoffs, he was very very sad as he went back to his mansion and his supermodel <laughs> wife <laughs> and his and his piles and piles of money, yeah. and and opened up his cabinet and looked at his six Super Bowl rings 
wiped them off and then put them oh, back in the in the cabinet. I know that I, I know that I personally I wanted to commission you know some violinists <laughs> to go over there and play a tune you know to soothe him because well, we felt so sorry for him. Well, to be fair, and they got it. They got it bad too. And uh, I was I was not <laughs> expecting the Patriots to go down that easy. Um, but it's really showing a lot of a lot of stuff. And I know he actually, you know, he had moved. He'd put his house up for sale. Yeah. Uh, in the New England area, and and uh, apparently yeah, someone was, was saying something to about Connecticut, wasn't he? I think that's where he was going. It was some of it. Someone had mentioned that he'd actually bought a place in Nevada recently. Well, he can probably afford to buy a place in every state of the mm, union. That's probably true. I was waiting for him to. I was waiting for him to take over Derek Carr's position in Oakland. He's trying to go to <laughs> Vegas and get no, a position Derek, Derek Carr, yeah. That's what I said. Brady. You said David Brady, Carr. Uh, oh, that's his brother. He still hasn't retired, has he? Brady? Brady? No, not officially. Not officially. No. No, I, th- he's, no. I think he still wants to play. I mean, I don't oh think. I don't think is this he 41 year. Forty-one years old. I think he's forty-two. I think. Yeah. Forty-two. I. To your point, I. I he could theoretically sign with anybody, but I gotta believe he's going to go back to New England. He spent his whole career there. He's lived in that area the whole time. You're just wondering what they're going to pay to keep him. If he goes somewhere else. He'd have to learn a whole new offense, and you know, it'd be the odd man out in the locker room and everything. I, it'd just be a huge uphill, upheaval for somebody who's, like you say, is forty-two years old. Well, that isn't what bothers me. What bothers me is forty-one years old. He's kind of old to be still playing. And if he, what if he gets hurt? Is it worth it? I was like, did you want to, did you want to caveat that with a and he's still playing because it's kind of rough to be. <laughs> be 85 years old and just going oh, he's kind of old for a 42 year old it's kind of like it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black don't you think <laughs> but you did but you did say but you did say you did say he's still that and he's still playing so it's the, no, you, you put the caveat in you know at his age he's got all the money he can use yeah. Why? Why chance well, and, get? Why well, chance all, getting hurt? Well, in all these years, he's he's been able to take. You know, people are like, oh, I, what you know, what a humanitarian, you know, and for the team, he's been he, could, he takes lower salaries and and all that, so they can bring in other talent. It's like, well, he's not really like the breadwinner in his house, you know, oh. over these years with with the kind of money his wife pulls in internationally and everything. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny when it's like, you know, I oh, look at this, he's I taking pay cuts. I think he's been very lucky as far as injuries. He has, and and, he, and that's that would actually be a, um, you know, that, a that, that would could, be a tick to him not wanting to that leave. That change. Yeah, I mean, that's why he wouldn't want to leave. You know, people, for a little while, they were actually surmising that his wife wanted him, wanted to go to Chicago, oh. and he'd end up over here. He's and I was like, if, if you want to die, that's a, that's a great <laughs> idea. If, if you want to be folded into an accordion or something, that's die. a great, you know, I, di- I never thought I, you know, I, I, I dislike Tom Brady sometimes, but I definitely don't want to see him end his career with half of his body buried in the dirt in Soldier oh, Field funny. or something. But, you know, but, you know, to your point, though, let's say Tom Brady theoretically is a free agent and we think he's going to sign with New England, of course. But, you know, look at the Bears, for example, if they're looking for a quarterback. Yeah, okay, I know he's going to want 30 something million, but. But if you're the Bears or any other team that's looking for a free agent quarterback, even if it's Tom Brady and he's still really good, I mean, do you want to sign a quarterback who's going to be 43 years old next year? I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be. I mean, I know he wants to play till he's 45, but it's not like he's going to be there for you know five, six years or 10 years like you probably want. So I, 
And the other one is that we haven't talked about him is Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a free agent, believe it or not. Although he's widely, once again, he's expected to resign with the Saints. But, Drew you know, Brees is, how, how old is Drew Brees? I think he's 40, if I recall. Oh, he's or, getting, or he's he's getting going up to there, be. too. So it's the same thing, though. If you sign one of these guys, yeah, they could play two, three more years and probably at a high level maybe. But, you know, I think if you're most teams, you want to sign a big money free agent, you want them for a minimum of four years, and most likely you probably want them for six or seven or eight. So it, it would be tough for those guys, I think, to get equal value outside their current teams. So I'm trying to say. Probably right, yeah. yeah I well, agree. I know they were talking about um, some serious moving spots for Rivers. Because I know Rivers is also going to yeah. be a free agent, and I think someone yeah. someone had actually that, mentioned that he might go to Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's a guy like who could that. wind up with the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> you want to know something? No, I mean he's a lot of close games. I mean the reality is, I think I still would like him sitting in the background or taking over for, you know, the eventual downfall of of the Trubisky experiment. But well, I'd fun. take it if they didn't if they didn't have to give him you know thirty three million dollars to play there. Well, that's just it. I. You know, it's funny you mentioned, I think, Tampa Bay, and I heard the same thing, too. And it's kind of, of course, I don't know what Jameis Winston's going to want either. He probably wants gigantic dollars, any starting quarterback does. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, he threw some picks last year, but Jameis Winston actually had a pretty good year last year, you know, if you take yeah. it as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the interception ratio comes with a, a high level of touchdowns and a high level of passing yards. He puts you in a lot of games, you know. He gives them away as well, which I thought was funny because wasn't that last game of the year? Didn't he lead him on this wild comeback and they ended up in overtime and he threw a pick six on like the first play <laughs> of the overtime and they were like, and his season ends the way it, the way it's carried out, you know, the whole well, season. Well, he would fit in perfectly with the Bears then. <laughs> well, Jameis Winston, you two know, picks and a cloud of dust. <laughs> Just as a humorous aside, but Jameis Winston, I mean, he's the poster child, literally, for a guy whose fantasy football value is far exceeds, you know, his real football value. <laughs> you know, if you had him on your fantasy football team, you know, you could have been a league winner probably with some of the stats. <laughs> but, you know, as a real-life quarterback, you know, probably uh, it was kind of a mixed bag, I'd say. All right, well, I got some, I got some, quick, some quick thoughts on the Super Bowl here. So who do you guys think is going to score first? Uh, My guess is the 49ers. I think I they'll score say, first. I would say the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I would say it, everything depends on who gets the ball first. I mean, I'm saying I, I'm saying even I'd if Kansas that, gets the ball first, I think the 49ers will score first. Uh, I, I think if, yeah, I think the 49ers will score first, but it's, it's, yeah, it's guesswork. Who do you think is going to get the first pick? There's going to be a pick. Interception? Get yes. I, I think the 49ers will definitely get the first interception. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's probably true. What about you, Gramps? What are you thinking? I agree. Sounds okay. Uh, fumble. Who's going to fumble first? Oh, definitely Kansas City. Kansas City. Um, 49, I, 49ers will make that happen. I think I'm going to go on a wild one. I think one of the San Francisco receivers will fumble first. I think that'll be. I think that'll be the first one. Did I say San Francisco? No, I'm realizing. I'm trying to figure out if I said KC or not. You said San Francisco. Good. That's what I meant. I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, these are all just kind of toss-ups. Who the heck knows? But oh, that's I, I would agree with you. I would probably. I actually think San Francisco will fumble first. 
All right. Well, let's let's play by our picks here. Really? So so if you think so if you think well we we both think they're gonna they'll fumble first. <laughs> Just depends on who you know. Um, okay. So if you guys have the 49ers winning, who's your MVP for this for the Super Bowl? As, assuming they play the way they've been playing, not like well, uh, they have nah, a breakout. Yeah, definitely the quarterback. If they play the way they've been playing, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, if they play Garoppolo's. the way if they play the way they've been playing, can Garoppolo think, really be, be the MVP? Though, is Moster going to win the MVP I if he runs gonna, for two hundred yards? Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mostert uh, <laughs> with another huge game. Uh, he could easily. I, that would be my pick for the MVP of the game if he wins. Uh, maybe Kittle, either of those two. But Depends I think on I, breakout or not. Yeah, but I would say Mostert. That would be. My pick. My you guess. Why do you mention the running back? You don't think a running back? That's what you just said. Mostert, Mostert is the oh, running back. Did you mention it? Yeah, I think Mostert will be the MVP. Oh, okay. Well, if if Kansas wins, I think it's clearly going to be on the back of Mahomes. So I'm assuming he'll end up getting the MVP. Yeah, if it'll, Kansas yeah it would wins. have to be Mahomes if they win. Absolutely. Um. Well, so we've already predicted this year's Super Bowl. Who do you think will win next year's Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, definitely the Bears. Oh boy, here he comes. <laughs> He's a homer. <laughs> Funny you no, mentioned that. Uh, I would love to see the Bears win. Well, yeah, I mean, wouldn't we all? I'd love to see them get in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see them win games. Would be a, would be a fresh start. I'm trying to think of what alternative reality you live in. <laughs> and and Ken, who's your dealer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen. Apparently he's been he's been a uh, he's been changed by the legalization in the in the state. Apparently. <laughs> Put him in the high. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for those not in the know, yeah, earlier uh, in the year that uh, marijuana was legalized in the state of Illinois. To my knowledge, nobody in this room has taken it. I never have. But uh, no comment. I, I never yeah, have. But I haven't. Uh, I'm not that cool. But uh, so we joke around. It's been the big joke. If you live in Illinois, everyone's joking about marijuana use. It would probably help Trubisky a little bit. Maybe they should think about it. I, you know, t- I, who's going to win next year? Obviously, way way too early to tell. But all right, all right well, here, give me. But here's what I, I, here. but I actually think I would I would go a strong pick. It might be the Baltimore Ravens. Well, here here's what I want <laughs> you to do, really quickly, because I just I, I love the way this conversation's going, and I want to I want to use up the talent I have here. So, we have the AFC and the NFC. Six teams, right? Six teams get into the playoffs. Correct. Uh, yeah, four six, divisions six, and two wild six cards. In each, right? Who's going to be in the AFC playoffs next year? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a long <laughs> list. Uh, you know, it's six teams. That's all it is. I I think the same. You think it's going to be the same very six similar? teams? I think it's going to be the same six teams will get in as. I really do. I think the same six teams will get in this year as got yeah, in last year. I agree. They're a great team. I was going to say, and they, and they did they did kind of win kind of far and away. Within their divisions, right. uh, with the with the obvious, I don't see any teams better no. than them too. Well, and with the obvious uh, thought that maybe you know if the Titans if the Titans don't up their ceiling, there could be teams like the Colts who kind of ride their way into that. Yeah, see, the reason why I picked the same six teams. Look at the divisions, okay? Eastern division, it's I don't, I don't care what happens. It's obvious that the Patriots are going to get in. 
And unless, uh, unless I mean, the, dol- probably, the Dolphins, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins make a splash this year. They've got a lot of first round picks. Yeah, and they but, might be able to bring some big a, stuff. At least a minimum of a year to really integrate everything. I, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's the year after next. I don't think it's next year. That's fair. So I really think that it's pretty clearly going to be them. And I obviously Kansas City's going to get in. Baltimore is going to get in. What about Green Bay? Okay, well then if the AFC is pretty pretty set, let's move to the NFC then. Oh, the NFC. Yeah, the NFC gets a little more hairy, but it's hard to pick once again. It's hard to pick against San Francisco getting in again. Well, you'd say that, except and, well, you will uh, see Seattle. It, I was going to say Seattle and San Francisco. The order. It could be flipped, but I assume they'll both get in, assuming the teams stay relatively yeah, I, similar. The only teams I see in the NFC that might get in that weren't in this past year are the Rams and the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, they might be able to get in next year, and obviously somebody would get out. Probably Philadelphia would be out if the Cowboys get in. Oh, I forgot about the Rams. And you, I'm thinking that be, maybe— You may be right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the Vikings would be out. Uh, so I think the NFC is a little more messy than the AFC— but I still think you're. I think you're still only talking about those two teams that might dislodge. I say the, the main, current six. The, the main, the main issue is probably the NFC East. I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really because that's kind of a throw up. Everybody's kind of a 500 team as of the last, you know, so and so often. I, I see Dak obviously telling people he's going to be confident, but they, you only have so much of a window where you can sign people nowadays, and keep them together, like having Dak Elliott. And Amari Cooper all together on offense. And there's only so long you can keep giving. There's only so long that you can keep giving yeah, all three of them that kind of money. I yeah, I don't know. That, to your point, that they can actually sign Amari Cooper if they're going to sign Dak. Uh, we'll have to see. Well, he's confident about some kind of deal getting done, but until they start winning football games and getting into the playoffs, he, they might want to not be so confident about that. Although I'll, I'll be honest, he's a big. He'd be a big market value, despite. His time with the Cowboys, most of it's really not on him. I think they, I think they could say honestly that they think Dak's a talent. If he wanted to go to Chicago, I'd probably take him. Um, you think Dallas would win? Well, Dallas came within about one game of getting to the playoffs this year. Well, we're just saying that it's possible they could dislodge Philadelphia next year. You know, getting into the playoffs. Other than that, you have San Francisco, Seattle, Green Bay. Um, Minnesota, maybe. Minnesota, maybe get in a wild card. I don't know. Not, Green Bay got a good team. They surprised me this year. Well, they'll probably win the North. I mean, assuming nothing changes, they'll they'll probably win the North again. They they yeah, tend they to really do that. Surprised me. Wow. I'd like to see Detroit make a push. It's not going to happen, but I'd like to see Green it. Green Bay made a couple of trades during the winter, and it turned out to really be good on defense. Yeah, I mean their defense did step defense. up a lot this year. I'll give them credit for that. They, they their defense did step up because it had been a weak spot for quite a while. Yeah, but they they do need. I know it sounds like a broken record, but I'm telling you, what lost Green Bay the game, and this has been going on all year. They need to improve their run defense. Their overall oh, defense yeah. was good, but their run defense was not good. And this is not a surprise. I mean, San Francisco really exposed it, you know, because they got a great running game. But all all year, in fact, we were playing fantasy football. One of the things you'd look at is to see if the running back on your team was playing Green Bay, yeah, because they had a bad run defense. It's become a thing that with the passing game becoming such a heavy target in the modern NFL, the run defense has kind of gone by the side a little more for a lot of teams. And then the problem is a couple teams that have running talent still will occasionally start exposing 
uh, oh your God. weakness. Did you see all the running uh, San Francisco did? Oh yeah, I mean, I I was watching the game at my in-laws' I house, and so much running, it, I, every time I every time I looked up, it looked like Monster was just. <laughs> I looked like he was in a playground, you know, and he was just running with and with nobody funny, within five yards thing, of him. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Well, that's that, game worked. Yeah, that's a great point. I, that's why I'm thinking that I, I love to see like oh, the Forty Niners or the Titans with with Henry, that they were so successful with the run because maybe. Other teams, you know, might try to follow that. We might get a little more running back in the NFL because much as I love passing, it's exciting. But, and, you know, every single play of the whole game is a pass. It gets a little, you know, monotonous after a while. Well, that's the only, that's one of the things I love about the Chiefs. It's one of the rare times that all that passing becomes exciting because you don't know how he's going to get it every time. But they actually complete more often than a lot of the other people you see go out there. You know, whenever you see Trubisky go back to throw a pass and you start... You know, you have to get down on your knees and put your hands together, you know, hoping that he finds somebody and that if he finds them, the ball gets there. But I think what what really kind of happened in that game was I can get I can understand anybody allowing some running to happen and some success in the beginning. But you should really be able to build into that and adapt. And the problem, like you said, it just kept working against Green Bay. And I and I worry about that because a lot of teams that seems to keep happening. It's the way Derrick Henry was building so much success. He had he you know his last like up until the Kansas City game he'd had about seven one hundred yard games in a oh. row, you know. And you know it's just or I think at one point he had seven hundred yards in six games or whatever it was. I mean it was a hundred yards at least every game near the end of the season. And it's things like that where you're like I mean Derrick Henry should be planable you know and there's still these games where it's not just like he's just knocking guys on on their back and running by him or whatever i mean he's getting holes open for him to fit through that's right yep, and exactly. it just and exactly it works all right. day and it's like you know that would be the one thing that would scare me in kansas city is that if monster gets the run they get the running game going and it holds it could be terrifying for kansas now granted unlike green bay kansas city could fight back on offense probably to I keep up. I couldn't believe the running game they had. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's not something oh you see. God. It's not something, I mean, an over 200-yard rushing game for a single player or, or multiple well, players is not common. No, like you say, it's anymore. a passing It's a passing league right now. And But like I say, I'm hoping it'll resurrect the art of the run because it, what teams seem to have forgotten all this flurry about passing and everything is that if you can run the ball and no one can stop you, you're going to win. Or conversely, if if you're a defense and you can't stop the run, you're going to lose. Well, you know what was was amazing? Green Bay knew they were going to run every play. And they they still had big yardage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, that's one of those things. We go back to the Super Bowl with uh, the Falcons and the the Patriots. (laughs) And I remember you were over at my house watching that. And, um, And they got ahead big. And actually... In the first half, they had a lot of success. I think one of the first drives, um, Devonta Freeman had like a you know 35-yard run from scrimmage on one of those early ones in the first half. And you were thinking, wow, they're really taking over because their running game was working and their passing game was working and their defense was on. And then in the second half, they came out and for some reason, they just stopped running the football. And they just went to their air game. And their game couldn't keep up with it, and eventually they collapsed. And the problem was if they had stuck to a run game and been able to knock 
clock time off, there's no way the Patriots could have been able to, you know, get those points to come back. Well, let me ask you this. You think San Francisco has a good offensive line that will open up big holes? I mean, they, they obviously do. I mean, Mostert, Mostert in a very similar way to Derrick Henry, it, he seemed mostly he seemed mostly untouched. I and think they opened up holes for him. Well, if they do, if if they can, if they, I mean, for most people, I would imagine if they open up holes, Mostert's going to make Kansas City look pretty silly. I mean, the guy's quick. He's he's got talent for vision and and uh, and, he, and as far as I know, he's not really a particularly a fumbler or anything like that. So I the reality is, if he gets an open field, if he gets the secondary, you're going to be chasing him for a while. I never seen a running game so good like. Against Green Bay, it's it seems pretty rare because their last wow. two their last two games they've put up over a hundred yard and eighty yards of rushing. I, now obviously Mostert wasn't individually responsible for the first one, but he had a lot. I thought Mostert had over a hundred in the game against uh, said Minnesota. I think the first oh, playoff game. Yeah. I thought he had over a hundred, but they had a, yeah. over a hundred and eighty yards of rushing combined. Yeah, that's right, because that was the first team they played was Minnesota. I think Coleman had rushing so yards don't, and stuff. Don't you in think that the game. offensive line had a lot to do with him having such a good running game? Well, of course. I mean, he. I mean, they always they always have something to do with it. I mean, there's very rarely people who succeed without one. It's it's basically why why I think Ezekiel Elliott is what he is in Dallas. Um, Dallas, notably for very many years now, has had a particularly solid line. I mean, if he came, if Ezekiel Elliott was the running back for the Bears, he, oh, he'd be in trouble. Okay. I mean, he'd still be good. He, he's a freak talent, but but he, but he's by far amplified by the fact that they've surrounded themselves with some big guys right. who can really push yeah. people around. And that's what San Francisco's been doing now, apparently underneath the radar, because... I don't think anyone was going to tell you they were going to walk into that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was on an, on an interview on a radio show before the game with the 49ers, and they were like, oh, they beat you really bad last time. What are you going to do this time? And he said, well, you know, you know, we're learning from it. We've, you know, we've learned from it. We'll come back with, with something. The game looked eerily similar to the first yeah, time yeah. they played. <laughs> yeah. um, they got beat again pretty bad. <laughs> and apparently, oh, what they... The thing they must have learned from the tape was they looked at it and went, I bet San Francisco won't run the football, so let's not practice for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they just got run over, yeah, you know. that's funny. Um, <laughs> but but it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to be – I don't think either team – a lot of those predictions actually had Kansas City winning by a pretty fair amount, you know, at least 10 uh, more of them were close than yeah, that, but yeah, that could happen. But I, all I would say is, I mean, San Francisco, in the whole season, including the playoffs, I mean, they've never been blown out. I mean, I, I don't, I don't the three mean, losses I, they had were really, really close. All I mean, three. I, I wouldn't agree with a, with a runaway. The reality is, obviously, I think if they win, I think that game is going to be more like a four point or a three oh, point I, kind I, of game. I predict the score. You, you San got a score. Francisco twenty and. Uh, Kansas City thirteen. Wow! Wow! So you're predicting a pretty low-scoring game. Well, yeah, they're a good team. I think it's close to Mike. You're gonna want to be close to the Mike. Do you think they're what? They're they're both good teams. It so, should be a low-scoring game. We couldn't hear you in the well that you fell down. <laughs> well, I agree with you. They're both good teams, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, you know, like I say, Kansas City's offense is so ridiculously explosive. I mean, they're going to score some points even against San Francisco's no, team. No, no. All right, well, you stay. What about the defense of San Francisco? Well, here's the thing: he can make. He Kansas can make, City's not going to be that explosive. 
he can make any prediction he wants because the reality is he knows that he's not if he doesn't come back on the show no one can call him out for it <laughs> okay <laughs> no one you will guys to... predict a score oh, well don't worry we'll have you back on the show post super bowl just so we can make fun of you when it when it when it goes awry I mean, my guess, my guess is, my guess is you're no, gonna end up I'm with. Not a, here to the it's gonna be in the 30s. I'm really? gonna, I, th- I think it's, which I think I'm gonna go ahead and say I think it's gonna be Kansas City. I'm guessing Kansas City 35, San Francisco 28. Wow, that's high yeah. scoring. Wow. Oh, I, yeah, I think I think it'll be even more. I, I think it'll end up being like 38, 35. You know, San Francisco. Well, 20 like to 13. That. 20 to 13. <laughs> hey, they're all varying opinions with different results, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> I sure wish... At Dad. least one of us is going to be wrong. <laughs> I, all I can tell you, Dad, is... Uh, He's pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me, but if I if I could have a neon arrow sign lit up right now, they'd all you'll, be pointing at... it's going to be a low-scoring uh, game. That's fine. Hey, you know, hey, all, if it is, then I'll be, I will be super shocked. All I can tell you, Dad, is I sure wish you were the guy in Las Vegas setting the over-under. <laughs> I, over or under 20 points for the Chiefs, for the San Francisco Well, we would all make a big killing on this game, I'll tell you. If you he, were... liked it. he liked it in Vegas. He wanted to gamble. Well, and even that's becoming a little more acceptable uh, in the sports world anyway. Yeah, it's the other thing they legalized in Illinois. You can tell we're desperate for money here in this state. We not only legalize marijuana, but they legalize sports gambling. How about that? There's no place to do it yet, but uh, they're working on it right now. So. Heroin's next. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Black tar heroin. Oh they're gonna, no! They're going to allow. They're going to allow. They're going to start allowing oh, illegal moonshine distilleries heroin. to tax. Yeah, I don't know if they'll go quite that far, but uh, maybe might have a problem. You know, some people don't like that kind of stuff. But we are desperate for money here in Illinois, so if anyone wants to send, like, you know, a goodwill package or something to our legislatures. You do realize if I ask you something and you and you don't answer because you're looking at HQ, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that my... my Your uh, days in a row count. Yeah, my days in a row count. Well, this is how... See, the funny thing is I don't like editing mistakes out. I would rather leave them in the thing and, <laughs> and use them as fodder to to feed the comedy machine. Um, all right, so we've got so we've gone over the Super Bowl now. We've gone over the Bears quarterbacks and even rounded the Super Bowl back to Bears quarterbacks. Um, we've got scores. We've got we've got the winners. We've got our MVPs lo- locked in. Um, I'd say it's about it for the Super Bowl. Is any is there anything else about the Super Bowl anybody else is curious about? I'm kind of curious what Shakira is going to play. I'm excited for the for the J Lo uh, well, Shakira I, experience. I, I think you covered everything. You've done a good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. That halftime show is going to be the bomb, though. I'll tell you, the NFL has done a fantastic job as far as promoting the heck out of it. Not just this year, but in the past, so that you know these big name performers, they are basically performing for free. Yeah. You know, they uh, they will give them an allowance for expenses, but. You know, you get these huge names uh, who pay. You know, Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stone. Everybody's played there, and they're they're basically just performing for free because they they like the exposure. You're on the biggest stage in the world. Well, I know they've had a couple ones. They've had Bruno Mars, and they've had. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know they're playing for free. Joe. Justin Timberlake. They had him come on. They're playing for free. They they don't I mean they don't pay the acts to play. Yeah, they don't. Halftime. They don't pay them. They'll give them an allowance, and it's a it's a big money. But they'll give them an allowance, 
to offset their buying, you know, like they have to buy props and stuff like that. Oh. But okay. they don't pay them any salary or anything like that. Those guys just want to be on the Super Bowl because it's so huge. Well, they've had a couple of ones. They had some talk a while back where they were actually going to implement something where they were going to have the performers were going to have to pay to actually <laughs> well, to be yeah. in it. And, uh, and I see that that's not the way it's, it's working because everybody went, you realize you're only going to get terrible people <laughs> if you force them to pay for it. Um, but I know the big theme, obviously, with having, I don't know if she's from Miami or not, but J-Lo is, I believe. But they're trying to do a lot of, like, Hispanic-themed kind of uh, performers. You know, I've heard talk to, like, Pitbull might show up in some point in it. But a lot of Hispanic people with the Super Bowl being uh, in Miami this year. So a lot of Hispanic culture, a lot of, you know... Well, that's they're kind of trying to pump that up, but a lot of people have really, have really destroyed it. I mean, Bruno Mars when he did his halftime was fantastic, and Justin yeah, Timberlake had yeah. was that the other year. Um, yeah. I'm kind of sick of Coldplay going to it. So anything well, they can do to make that not happen. Well, would be Timberlake great. was also with Janet Jackson during that infamous uh, equipment <laughs> malfunction. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember that. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone could forget that one. That was. I don't think anyone would let you forget that one. Yeah, I have to admit, that one, uh, I, I think, caught people by a little surprise there. Um, by the way, I do have a quiz for you guys. See if you can remember. In Super Bowl twenty, that magical Super Bowl where the Bears won, uh, beat the Patriots. Uh, of course, we know it's 46 to 10. Who was the halftime act? Who was Who was what? Who was the halftime act during Super Bowl Twenty? Oh my God! Was that just a, some kind of marching band or some kind of thing? Actually, that's what they used to do in the olden days. Like if you look at Super Bowl One or Two or whatever, they had marching bands. But no, they, would, they had an actual group. Was it was a group? It had a little bit of a come down from like the Stones, for example. But it was. Uh, I'm just kind of showing you how far we've come, you know, in the. You know, 30 years or so since the Bears won the Super Bowl. So who do you think was the halftime show? So it's going to be a come down from some of the talent that's out there now. Um, Jay, would, Jay would probably know. I have no idea. I'm not sure. Well, you actually had it on tape when you taped the Super Bowl. But anyway, it's a group. They're probably still around today even, but it was, they're fairly popular. It's called Up With People. It's a big, huge <laughs> Up with group. People. <laughs> I never heard of them. <laughs> you never. There I are never some, heard of that group. You are surrounded by two generations of people who don't remember <laughs> up with people. Well, a big group. I forgot how many were in their numbers, but they had like uh, like over a hundred people, you know, James, running around on, so they, on the group? field doing dancing and so forth and singing. So they were like the Wu Tang Clan of the eighties. <laughs> so many members, probably don't even remember who half of them are. Well, I yeah, they made up for their... Was there a leader of the people? They, well, not to my knowledge. <laughs> I mean, they made up They made up for their quality with quantity. <laughs> that's, the be, that's the best argument for, for quality no, I've ever they, heard. Literally, they had... Uh, we have this on tape. You know, we taped this on our VCRs. And there's like 100, 150 people running around, you know, dancing and singing on the field. And it was pretty... It was well done, but I'm just saying that that's the kind of acts that they would have had yeah. back kind of in the Middle Ages of the Super Bowl, whereas now within the last, what, 15 years or whatever, it's nothing but, you know, huge megastars now. But yeah. but back then, it uh, really wasn't considered that, that big a deal. 
the well, halftime yeah, show. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the plague that, that hits everybody who's ever underestimated the NFL is that it was just a matter of time before it would pick up. You know, as the people who didn't want to put it on TV, as the people who didn't think the halftime would be a big deal, people who didn't think the fantasy draft would be worth, or the fantasy, the the um, like the NFL draft would be worth watching. You know, and the, how wrong those people have been over the decades, you know. I would like to see Lady Gaga. Yeah, didn't she do, she did one of those, yeah, didn't she? She got such a good voice. I thought she, I thought she was on the Super Bowl. She, she was, I think, that was a, I think that was oh, some years ago. <clears throat> I think she was on a few years ago, I thought. I'd have to double I check. I think she's really good. Yeah, yeah. They've, had a, they've had a lot of good ones. I think the worst one I've seen probably is the Black Eyed Peas were on one year. And I think they had a sound malfunction and it didn't go so well. But they've also had a lot of years with Maroon Five doing it or Coldplay, and I'm kind of I'm ready for those I years to end. I remember Madonna. I think Madonna was on there. Oh yeah, Madonna was on a few years back and did a big show. I thought Tom or Tom Petty. I think Tom Petty was yeah. on there at least one year. That yeah. was that was good. Well, that's well, one. Of the, yeah, that's one of those things that this year could be. Well, it could be. You know, Shakira's got some good songs, yeah, they, and obviously J Lo's got a have, great um, music career. But they got good shows at halftime. Just hope they show up, and hopefully, um, you know, the entertainment value will be high. You know, the production will be high. Yeah, and you know, uh, earlier Jay, you're talking about uh, how the NFL's got interest in all these side things, and it really kind of points out once again that the brilliancy of the NFL and being able to monetize everything that happens. And you know, you talked about the draft; that's huge, but. And my goodness, you can go on the NFL Network and for you know blurry weeks at a time. I mean, they'll have the the uh, the rookie combine on, and people are actually watching this thing. And they'll have other things that you would never in your wildest dreams think that people would watch, but they do. And they're that into uh, the NFL now, so they've really done an out just an unbelievable job, really hooking people and getting them interested. But I will tell you one thing, and this is not new news, but I gotta beat this in like a drum beat. The NFL got thanked their lucky stars for fantasy football because that is the driving force (laughs) behind a lot of what's going on now because in the olden days, people would just, you'd watch your team and that really, that's it. You know, you might watch Monday Night Football maybe, but now, I mean, everybody's watching all these games because they're all in fantasy football and they're tracking what everybody's doing and now they have the NFL Red Zone where they show, you know, on Sunday all the highlights and that's why I, I these players don't always realize it. I mean, some players are really cool with fantasy football; they even play it. But a lot of these players, they get they get incensed if some fan comes up to them and wants to talk to them about it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I not mean, your I mean, slave, and you know, I, mean, I don't care time, about your fantasy football team and get lost and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, half the time it's it's kind of abusive fan though about yeah you need to play through the hurt and blah blah. I need you to score points. And yeah, he's the like, fans. Yeah, well, I mean. Fans can be goofballs, yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> but but fantasy football is the driving force in recent years throughout all these high ratings on TV and all this fan interest in the draft. And uh, cause, you know, people are trying to figure out hey, Joe, who they should know, be drafting. How, how did you get Jim involved in fantasy football? <laughs> he did. Well, Jim, well, Jim's not in fantasy football, but he's in... Oh, I thought he was. No, no, he's not in fantasy football. He has his own little office pool for... Just picking, you know, the games. You know, I picking thought the, you and him were, were partners. Well, that was just that was just picking the games. Who's going to win each week? 
Oh, it's, more of a, it's more of a survivor pool of oh, trying to okay. get points based on picking winners. Well, it's a confidence pool. In fact, uh, you guys won one time last year. I yeah, think. we won one of the weeks, uh, and they track, you know, they track the points that you, it's a confidence, you know, thing where you, you put sixteen points on the team you think most will win, then fifteen on the next, and fourteen so forth, all the way down to one, and they uh, count your points to see who wins for the week and who comes in second. And but they also track the points over the course of the whole year. And I will tell you, I was actually a little disappointed. I had three weeks where, you know, if one game had gone differently, I would have won the pool. But I was disappointed that my my points for the year I came in third place. You know, out of thirty nine people, but you don't win anything. Yeah. You know, I think you, unless you were first place, you know, you didn't win anything. Well, with the football, this football season coming to an end, I know we'll at least get another show in uh, post Super Bowl to talk about it and talk about how sad it's going to be. To not have the the NFL on our Sundays anymore, um, but who's excited for? Uh, I think the XFL starts the week <laughs> after the Super Bowl. Anyone excited for the XFL uh, for, the, for the two weeks that the XFL survives? <laughs> I don't plan on watching it, but I'm sure there will, there'll be a lot of people right. that, that do. And... No, I won't. I won't be watching. <laughs> Well, I think it's funny you're talking about like uh, all sorts of side stuff. I mean, you've got other leagues that have folded. You've got the XFL coming through. And then um, what a tremendous job ESPN has done in promoting um, various sports, sporting interests and trying to pull people in for various things because they often times on their side networks because they have so many sports channels tied to ESPN. They'll actually put in these weird championship uh, events. They'll do like... Uh, you mean you mean one you have to pay to watch it? I, I don't know. I don't know what how their plans usually work, but some of these ones are kind of buried in the package sometimes. But but usually they come with something. But they'll they'll put on like uh, on some of these side networks. They'll put on like a uh, it's I think it's like header ping pong turn championships and all the you know pizza <laughs> pizza oh, flipping pong. competitions and stuff. <laughs> it's literally a game where they play ping pong but with their heads. There you go, Joe. Ping pong. That's your next. That's your next. Your next go-to as well. There won't be no shutouts. There won't be no uh, shutouts. Forehead ping pong. You didn't. You didn't listen to him though. You got to play with your head. Not. You don't play with a paddle. <laughs> There's no paddles involved. These guys are literally diving around the table and trying to hit it with their head and get it back over. There's some pretty intense games of it too. I play. I played him. He shut me out twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be the only person. I'm assuming. <laughs> uh-huh. No, he he plays to win. He's a the, my competitive streak. I come by it honest. Yeah, we have a lot of fun playing ping pong. I have to admit, I never played with my head before, but uh, <laughs> at least not physically with my head. But, <laughs> no, it's it's a fun game, especially you know when you get when you get older. It's something that you can still do at a high level. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get injured, or you don't have to run around like crazy. Depends but, on how you play. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> But uh, it kind of illustrates your point, Jay, that there's just a lot of hours to fill. Yeah. You know, and that and, they, and, and, and they'll fill it and people, it. They'll fill it and people will still watch it. I mean, especially in the off times, you know, they're not going to put it on Super Bowl Sunday or something. But uh. <laughs> I tell you, some of these odd sports, though, uh, are funny. You can really get roped into them sometimes. You know, the one that, that gets me is this curling. You know, where oh, you, I love you, 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 oh, you cruise down on the ice oh and they God. let go the, the thing yeah. and uh, go slide. And 
on paper you'd think, boy, what nutbag would ever watch this? But it's like if you, if you happen to flip the channels and it's yeah. on, you, you get hooked in this thing. I mean, and drawn in, Can- in. I mean, in Canada, it's a religion. I mean, it's another that, one of that those. That to me things. looks like it's nothing, but maybe it's maybe it's, it's a big deal. I don't know. Well, you know, in in Canada, it's 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 tremendous. It's like oh, a religion. I mean, they have local tournaments. They have nation like Canada wide tournaments regularly. For it, there was a documentary actually made about curling in Canada, and teams like uh, regular pairs of guys who go out and take on these huge like Canada-wide tournaments and stuff. I actually thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, but, uh, it may be harder than you think. I don't oh, know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you see them do it, and then the thought is, how hard is it to let something go on a move and not have it fall short? Or go too far, and obviously it's aided by you know brushwork. Um, boy, I hope that didn't sound yeah, annoying in the in the microphone because I basically just whistle at you. Um, but with you know sweeping work, are able to kind of affect you know the flight of the of it. But I'm assuming most of it is in your accuracy. Yeah, I, I think there's nearby there's a huge amount of skill involved, monster, but also a ton of strategy. Yeah. You know, it's like playing, uh, you know, chess or whatever with the other team as far as where you're going to position. Well, I always want, I always thought it would be one of those sports that if I wanted to get into the Olympics, that's the way that you, <laughs> that's the way I can get into the Olympics is, is curling. You would like to do curling? Uh, if it was, if it could, if I thought it could get me into the Olympics, maybe. <laughs> Figured that was the only way, the only oh, way athletically geez. I was going to get there is to. Is that, what do they call it? The duck? Is that what it's called? I think. I think that's the, the word for the pot, for the the curling ball that they use. I think it's oh, called a duck really or something funny. like that. If that's all I, I can actually, do, actually, I think it's called a stone. Stone. There it is. Yeah. But um, if that's if that's the way you could get there without too much physical that's strain. The way. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it's a little more sophisticated, but it's kind of like an ice version of bocce. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of what it's like. But yeah, I think there's just a ton of skill and strategy involved. But yeah, no, I mean all everything, but everything right, you so see, much is, physical, though. everything you see in there is is so much harder than it actually appears to be. And including these other ones where I know they make up these crazy sports and everything, and these people are really good at it. And the reality is, could you could you get really good at forehead ping pong? Yeah, of course you could. But, <laughs> some, but is some, it worth it? But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, right. but these but these but you know it's fun to watch and at the same time a lot of these rallies are actually pretty insane. Um I imagine but, that is funny. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm uh, I'm just trying to mask the sadness of the NFL being gone in a little while. Um well, we got some, we got some things coming up. We mentioned the uh, the Cubs coming up. I mean, spring training starts the end of February, and uh, of course, there's basketball going on for those yeah. who who you know like to follow both both college and and uh, pros. Of for, course, the, for those who don't live in Chicago, <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, the you know the, probably the single biggest event in the is March Madness, really, as far as you know, an yeah. extended event, a huge betting action there, and people following it on TV. Yeah, hopefully that hopefully that can that can bring in some good. Uh, Are you talking about uh, college basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to follow that all the time years ago. It's kind of fun to make like your own brackets, even if you're not involved in anything. It's kind of fun to print it out, and maybe maybe we can do that on the show. We can come by and like get our brackets together. 
something yeah, like that. Yeah, that would be fun. I, have to admit, show I, don't, I don't file it as closely as I do, say, the NFL or, oh, I or yeah, baseball. I, mean, but I know nothing about it. They're, 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 based on, <laughs> they're based on outdated knowledge of the general characteristics of the colleges. I think I did pretty decent last year. Years ago, I used to like uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, we know. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> were they even? Were they even in the? That was they even good. in the tournament last year? They no, I don't even. I don't even think Notre Dame was even in. The I don't. Tournament you know, last year. Say, well, I, I'm, I haven't followed. I'm embarrassed them to say, I, I don't remember. I haven't followed them in years. No. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, this was years ago. Well, I, I, yeah, that's another thing for people who live who don't live in the Chicago area. It's. You know, but we don't really historically, you know, especially for football, more so than basketball, we don't haven't really had teams to root on very much. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I know you uh, had Loyola. Loyola actually dig their way in a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I'm talking more about football than basketball, yeah. but so you'll find a lot of Chicago area people have adopted Notre Dame as kind of like their hometown, you know, football team for college. So Notre Dame's though, you either love them or you hate them, and, he, and my dad loves them. Uh, I'm not so crazy about them. Nothing, <laughs> nothing personal. But I, I think they're for so many decades and decades, especially more on the football front than bad. But they, they're kind of an overdog, and yeah. So that's why I've tended to not not be that Notre close to them. Notre Dame is a good Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not start on that. <laughs> <laughs> you can save that for your podcast. And they always had really pretty good teams. That's true. I mean. But that seems more like a just someone who who likes good teams. Uh, fair weather, fair weather, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, you're not a front runner or anything, are you? <laughs> well, he's a Bears fan, and so you so you can't be a <laughs> yeah. front runner. Yeah, I guess if you're a Cub fan and a Bear fan, you can't be a front runner. <laughs> I used to like Purdue. Really? Um, what would you like about Purdue? Nothing. I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, that brings us back to the last or one of the last topics. So we still got. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you guys <laughs> tuned in to listen to this wonderful this wonderfully informative podcast. What do you like about Purdue? I don't know. I just like them. And on to the next. <laughs> we were talking about the, the you were talking about this gap, Jay, in, in the schedule, and we still have the Blackhawks. That's true. We still uh, have the and, hockey, and that's going to be exciting because they're fighting for a playoff spot. Only a few points out right now, but they've been playing well lately. Uh, what do you think, Dad? Are we going to make the playoffs, the Hawks? Actually, I really do. I think we will make the playoffs. All those young players are all, all going to really come around. Once they get playing together, I think they'll make the playoffs. They really look, uh, they really look good the last six, seven games. I think they won four out of five or something. Actually, five out of six. Yeah, I'll have to admit I haven't been following it as closely as as I'd like to be, but um, and that's uh, you know what that's on that's on the NHL because I don't know what their what their channel broadcast is like anymore, but they keep picking things I don't have. It was funny the All Star game. (laughs) Kane got uh, two goals. Well, the first goal he got. They didn't. uh, I didn't hear any booing going on. He, He put his hand by his ear. He was trying to listen, see if there's any booing going on. <laughs> yeah. So then he got another goal. There still wasn't any booing going on. <laughs> so I guess it was okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that kind of feeds on that stuff. Well, unfortunately, kind of what you're saying, Jay, is the NHL is kind of the opposite of the NFL, is that they really have not done that great a job 
promoting the product or whatever, or getting you involved in every you know facet of of the game. Uh, even though they've expanded the teams radically, the number of teams, but you know you just don't have the same kind of passion and following. And there's passion and following, but it's not nearly such a large group of people. Of course, they, of course, they don't really have. There is such a theoretically, there's a fantasy hockey, but it's not the same as fantasy football. So yeah. they are hindered a little bit there, but. Well, you know, I, I miss the uh, the late thousands and uh, early tens success of the Blackhawks in Chicago. So it'll be something nice to watch and see if they can, maybe they can try and revive a little bit of that because I think your window here with Kane and Taze, you've got a lot of time. But I do think it's definitely a window. It it is a window that opens and closes at some point. Yeah. And I think when it closes, they're going to be in for some trouble if they don't yeah. plan accordingly. I didn't like it when they got rid of Coach Q. I thought he was a great coach. I mean, what the heck he won? Three Stanley Cups in six years, and you get rid of a coach? Well, but occasionally you kind of have to, I mean, Lovey never won any, but, you know, he had gotten them to some, some decent points. But I guess at some point in time you got to ask yourself, when was the last time you did win one of them, and have you been on some kind of a slope that doesn't look very friendly? And I think that's what did cue in in the end well i mean maybe a little bit but i, I think though that uh, they was done with unnecessary haste because uh bowman the gm really never got along with quenville i mean there was reports i mean they never even had yeah, dinner together i think you're right joe that's what happened well that well, that too you might you might want to get on your i want to get on the upper people's good side <laughs> well but, yeah but my I, my god you win three stanley cups teams can't even win one i think yeah. at, at I mean, a minimal you get rid of the coach at, at a minimum, they, I think they should have let him finish out the year. You know, they fired him, what, a month or so into the season. I mean, at a minimum, I thought because of his track record, you know, give him at least the full year, see if he could make the playoffs. But ultimately, the problem is, is that wasn't the coaching, really, although I agree with Jay that eventually you do need to change sometimes. But I think they should have let Quinville at least finish out the year. But the thing is, the story of the Blackhawks is they're done in by the salary cap. You know, they won in 2010, they won the Cup, and then the next year they unload a whole slew of players, like a Dustin Bufflin and a whole bunch of others. And then took them a couple more years to win the Cup again in 2013. Then they unload some more players. And they won in 2015, had to unload some more players. Yeah. So now you basically have, because you got Taze and Kane, they're making $10.5 million a year. Uh, Crawford's making $6 million. I think Leonard's making like $6 million or thereabouts. Uh, Keith and Seabrook are getting paid a huge amount for their age, and so you know you got I got the rest of the team. You got all these young guys where their main qualification is they have a pulse, you know, because you got to stay under the salary cap. So you know some teams like Washington and Penguins they've done a good job with that, but their time is coming, just like the Hawks' time did. Well, I think I think they'll make the playoffs. It's, you know, I think they're a couple points out now. Yeah, it's always one of those things where, you, you know, probably a playoff team, but you kind of you worry about how far you can get into it. I know right now the NHL's got a particularly decent amount of some teams that are pretty hot, teams that even at times haven't been hot in the past, you know, or that have been making some of the comebacks. I mean, you've, obviously you've seen you've seen San Jose make, make marks in, in recent you time. you guys and, know what happened to Shaw? I haven't seen him play in a long time. Yeah, he got injured... Uh, I don't know it was a concussion, I think, or something like that. He's been out for several months, though. You're right. And there's yeah. no, 
There's no timetable from the return, as far as I know yet. They don't know. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, uh, you know, in the NHL, you got, you know, if you're trying to chase, uh, you know, three, four, five teams sometimes for that last playoffs, but it's hard because on any given night, even if you win, you know, two or three of those teams are probably going to win. And then the other thing, too, is that uh, this thing where you, you can lose, but if you lose in overtime, you get a point. So that makes it hard mathematically to to move ahead of these guys or to gain a lot of ground because they may lose and you win and you only pick up one point. It's not much. Well, uh, the, they're sort of the NHL is is having sort of a, a reverse NFC kind of moment, and it's where there aren't there are far more front runners in in the NHL. It feels like by all vying for the same, you know, all trying to get ahead in the divisions as opposed to the NFC. They're like a reversed AFC East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just a bunch of middling teams that are just trying to finish over 500, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an interesting. Parody, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely a very interesting race to watch. Well, I mean, I'd like to thank you guys for making this a fun nearly two hours that I'm going to have to edit. <laughs> um, but but I'd say it's it's worth it. Well, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I enjoyed having having you on, Gramps, uh, and. I, I'm sure I can say now, co-host Joe Dante. Now that he's got a picture <laughs> on the show, now I'm honored. <laughs> he's got a picture. <laughs> I made the cut. All right. So, <laughs> so, so the the image on our podcast, Grandpa, has a drawing of me and Bart, who's my coworker friend, who is an, is the co-host. We had originally made the show. So in doing that artwork, I've actually created another one that has him on it as well oh, to put on the podcast, the thing you'll see when it plays and stuff. So I'm going to upload that along with this. Um, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening and anyone who's hung on this long to to hear me at the end here. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it's definitely fun. To, it's been fun to talk. Uh, I don't know where people are going to stop listening, but if you've gotten this far... You can find us. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook under Surviving the Ground. You can find us on we're on Spotify, also under Surviving the Ground. If you don't find us on, on <laughs> if you don't find us on Spotify, it's because you have to hit. You have to click. You have to search Surviving the Ground and then hit See All Podcasts on the bottom, because I found out on someone's phone that even that isn't enough information to pull <laughs> us up. But we are the top podcast once you hit wow. See All Podcasts. Can, can they Google you? <laughs> <laughs> who knows whether you're more likely to get the rule change in the nfl or us um but we're also on apple podcasts under surviving the ground we're a little easier to find there um and that's our main feed um and you'll see fun twitter updates on our twitter we're at the stg podcast uh on twitter that's our handle uh it's been a fun time here for for jay uh, my co-host my father joe and my grandfather also, Joe, I've appreciated both you guys uh, making some time here. So, been a pleasure. I would like to thank everyone for listening, and everyone have a good night. Stay safe. Uh, I don't know. Good night, Jay. It was really nice. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>